It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to part one of the Weekend Mailbag. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined, as always, by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, I understand that you are, at this moment, chowing down on some very tasty sausages. You lucky, lucky person, you. Yeah, well, yeah, I just finished, but uh, yeah, some nice, delicious sausages. I, I went to a friend's house. He, uh, he found some sausage spot in our home that has over 200 different types of sausages, so he was super excited. I'm jealous, though, as I'm told, still not as good as Paulie's mom's Italian cooking, which hopefully we shall experience someday. If you recall, Paulie did promise us that recently, so we're going to have to make good on that at some point. But while we dream of Paulie's mom's Italian cooking, Let's jump into the mailbag with our first question from Michael Aronson. He says, Joe Douglas seems to really get the importance of a strong offensive line. I believe he will aggressively address fixing the offensive line. What do you think he's going to do in the offseason, and how long do you think it'll take him to rebuild that unit? The best thing I can say here is that it's going to have to come down to the draft because I could go ahead and look at who the free agents are supposed to be next year at offensive line, but as we saw this year, most of them are going to come off the board before they even hit free agency. But I do think that Douglas will very much, but I do think that Douglas is strongly going to consider picking an offensive lineman with their first round pick. He may even grab a couple of them in the draft next year. We'll see what happens with Chuma Adoga. He's younger, so he has a lot of upside as a potential long-term starter. Don't know that he's going to be a leader or anything like that, but you can't have elite starters on the offensive line in every position unless you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're just that good at drafting offensive linemen. So I would say that it's going to probably take two seasons to really build this into a solid offensive line that you can look towards the future with. I'm not talking about patchwork guys. I'm talking about real long-term solutions, but I do think that Joe Douglas is going to invest some serious draft capital in the offensive line in 2020. 
Yeah, you know, it's going to depend largely on uh, what happens this season. How how does Jonathan Harrison play? Uh, we, we neither of us have high expectations, but maybe he surprises us. Um, what about Calicio Semele? Does does he regain form and back to his old self? Does, is he going to be somebody they can rely on for two or three years? Um, you know, and then we got Beecham, who's what he is, but. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, something you want to be going future-wise. And same with Brandon Shell, and then uh, Winters on the other side, inside. So, uh, you know, this time of year, a lot of people love to look at the free agents coming up. Like you just said, though, that's a pointless exercise because mostly the, the good ones, anyway, end up resigning. And then it's just so unlikely you're going to get them, and you can overpay for uh, decent or bad ones in free agency. We've talked about this all off season. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, we'll obviously have to see where they're picking who's available in the drafts, but I can tell you this. It, he is going to select offensive linemen in early, earlier than Mike McCagden ever did. Uh, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not the first round, but then I bet you he's going in the second round. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head, like if there's if they're picking somewhere and Jerry Judy's there or Doug Judy's there, uh, you know, uh, he might go after them. But then he'll he's going to use that second round pick because he definitely knows the importance of an offensive line. Uh, we talked about this with the other part, uh, talking about him more, but. He comes from Baltimore, where they had a heavy emphasis on the offensive line. He had a hand in drafting some of those guys. Philadelphia, big part of the reason, and maybe the biggest part of the reason why they've been so good the last few years is because of the offensive line. So he knows the value there, obviously, playing offensive line himself. He knows the value. He talked about it, how quarterback's most important, and then it's the big guys up front uh, next on the list. So that is going to be an area of focus on for him, as it absolutely should be. And the reason that it wasn't for Mike McCagnon is why he is no one of the biggest reasons why he's no longer employed. One name I will point out is worth watching in the offseason next year, and that is Lael Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. Still young, he's going to be a free agent, and I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be able to resign him because they have so many other players to get to, including Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that's somebody that you should keep your eye on as a potential target. I'm sure, though, that if he hits the free agent market, and I think he probably will, the Jets are going to have a ton of competition for his services. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a, a player that is definitely worth it. I, and in most other situations, he wouldn't be making hitting the market. But you make a good point. They have they have to pay Dak. They have to pay Zeke. They have to pay Amari Cooper. They just paid Demarcus Lawrence. They always have a tight cap situation, so you could actually legitimately see him making free. But like you said, if he does, there's going to be a lot of other people trying to go after them too, and namely all the other teams that have either ignored the offensive line in the draft or have been bad at picking offensive line and are looking to upgrade their offensive line through free agency. But again, you're going to you're gonna pay a huge premium on that, and he'd be worth it. But you want to get those guys in the draft and not be able to pay that extra tax. Downside of having a lot of talent on your roster is that you have to pay a lot of players, and so you can't keep all of them. It's what we call a rich man's problem, and hopefully the Jets will have that problem at some point down the line. Yeah, that, that would be interesting, right? That would be a change for once. 
see see the Jets having to choose between all these good players and ah, we got too many of them. Going to have to let some of them go. That that would that's uh, you know one of those good problems that people like to say. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, we know the Eagles tried hard to trade for Robbie Anderson at the trade deadline. Do you think that was Joe Douglas driven? And if so, do you think Robbie will get an extension here with the Jets? What about Leonard Williams? Philly was very proactive, giving extensions to better players before they hit free agency. You'd have to think Douglas would want to do the same thing and put an emphasis on gaining comp picks each year. I think that they're going to probably ride things out with Leonard Williams only because he's been mildly disappointing so far. He hasn't been the superstar player that they were expecting. They probably want to see what he can do in Greg Williams' defense. They know they have the luxury of franchise tagging him if they want to, and so he's not going to be going anywhere if they decide they want to keep him. I think they'll probably do the same thing with Robbie Anderson, although that one I think there might be a better chance to get worked out now because I don't see Robbie Anderson commanding the same amount of money that Leonard Williams would. So I think maybe because they can't franchise tag both guys, they try and work out something with Robbie knowing that him and Leo are up at the same time. But it's also possible that they make both guys prove their worth before giving them contract extensions. Yeah, as far as Douglas leading the drive for Robbie, I don't know how much stock I can put in that, but I I have been told that he was uh, a, is a fan of Robbie and was in on that trade. So, uh, you know, how much of that was him and somebody else, I, I have no idea. But he was he was a fan. I know Gase really likes Robbie. And I, I could see them doing that. That would be a one of those moves that's smart. I've talked about this all the time. It, the best... It, you take a little bit of a gamble doing this, but if you can lock players in earlier, you save money in the long run. And uh, so doing that with somebody like that, now he's going to have to, obviously, he just came in here. Robbie obviously has, um, you know, the uh, off-the-field issues, which haven't actually turned out to be big issues, but they are to us, a lot of people. So he's going to have to talk to Gase and, and the rest of the coaching staff to see how they feel about him. But I could see them doing that. It would be a really smart move if they can try to get ahead a of the curve here on that. Now, how amenable to that situation is Robbie Anderson? Maybe Robbie's going to say, hey, let me play this out. Let me have a huge year with Sam, and then somebody's going to have to pay me huge money. Uh, with Leonard Williams, I'm I'm not sure exactly how Joe Douglas feels about him, but I do know Adam Gase loves Leonard Williams. Now, I don't think that they'll necessarily be in a rush to do anything. Number one, uh, Leonard's not pushing for it. I also don't think that Leonard is really going to be making a, make a huge fuss about money. He talked about this, um, I want to say last week, but he he really likes it here, and he's a creature of comfort and creature of habit. 
He's comfortable here. He likes it here. So if he's going to leave, it would be for a big chunk of change. It's not going to be for a little bit of money. But I think that as much as Adam, I know Adam Gase loves him, and Adam Gase has raved about playing against him when he was in Miami, and he loves everything he's seen from him since he's been here. I don't think they're going to be in such a huge rush to, to do something there. They're going to wait and see how it works with Greg Williams' defense of playing alongside Quinn and Williams and see how that goes along. If they play really well together, then it'll make more sense. Um, so both up in the air, I'd put uh, Robbie at a stronger chance of getting uh, signed this year. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out but uh, for Leonard, but I, I think Robbie's more likely. And again, I just teams always want to wait and wait and wait. They want to be sure. They want to be sure. They want to wait. Don't pay until we need to. But then you end up paying more money. You end up paying a premium. So it, it, Douglas was involved with a little bit, at least with the Robbie uh, trade offer. I, I could see him go ahead and making a proactive mood like that. Or you end up like the Redskins and having your franchise quarterback walk to another team and getting nothing in return. Yeah, exactly. You put yourself in this position, and the longer you wait, the more leverage the player has, the more uh, people can come in with it, and where you can just give these guys a number right now where they can't bid against. No other teams can get into the bidding. They can you know, do some behind-the-scenes uh, everything, but you never really know what's, if somebody says they'll have a certain offer you know, eight months from now. You don't know for sure if that'll be there. Uh, and a lot of these players, again, someone like Leo would sit there and be like, hey, I'd rather just take this money right now and, and know that I'm going to be here and I'm going to be comfortable. And I do know Robbie loves it here, too, he, and he's he wants to continue playing with Sam. I know that for sure. He loves Sam. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Sun Moon Rise, who says, Do you think the Douglas Gase duo will really turn this organization into a winning brotherhood? And if yes, how long will it take for the changes that were just made in the front office to pay real dividends? P.S. Who do you think will stop these monster U.S. girls from bulldozing through the Soccer World Cup tournament in 2019 in order to grab the championship? So let's start with the first part of that question. I think that Joe Douglas has a chance to be a really good general manager. Obviously, there's no way to know for sure because he's never done the job, but he's succeeded everywhere he's been. He's risen up the ranks, and he's answered the challenge every time that he's been elevated. I think there's a very strong chance that he can build this roster out into a real winner. How long that's going to take? Eh, probably at least another year or two before they can make a real run. I think they'll probably compete for a playoff spot this year. I'm not so sure that they're going to make it. I think they're probably more likely to go 7-9 and nine or something like that. But the year after that, with all the changes that were made this year and then perhaps some changes that are made in the draft and free agency next year, and then the year after that, they'll continue to build. So I think it's probably another year or two before they can make a real run. 
The second part of that question, admittedly, I don't know much about soccer, but it sure seems like this U.S. women's team is pretty awesome. I will say this, Chris, and then I'll throw this to you so that you can answer this and also the first part of the question. I know there was a controversy last week about the U.S. women's soccer team running up the score on another team. I really hate that criticism with sportsmanship. This is the World Cup we're talking about, not Pee Wee soccer. You score as many goals as you can. Maybe they overdid it with the celebration a little bit, and you could make the case that they could have taken out some of their players because you don't want to risk injury. But as far as rubbing it in, I really hate that. If you don't want them scoring all those goals, don't let them score the goals. All right, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part uh, at the end. But uh, we'll start with the Douglas and Gaze. Um, I'm, I'm as proud as bullish as you can possibly be on a GM that has never been a GM before. So that, that's about as bullish as possible. But that's also not saying much because, like we've, we said, there's no way to really know. And everyone can rave about him and everything. They can be right about everything they said and he can still make wrong decisions and still might not be able to put the team together now that it's his responsibility. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm still less bullish on Gase, though, so that's, that's another thing there. But I'll say this. It's, it's the, the biggest factor in this is Sam Darnold and how good he's going to be and how soon he's going to be that good because if he's great if, if he's like let's just look at the eagles as an example to talk about right now carson Wentz that second year was great if sam Darnold's playing anything like that then this team's going to be a lot better than we thought they were and it's not going to make the talent on this team uh, a lot better than we th- we thought they were it's going to be sam Darnold was so good that it elevated everybody else and then also kind of covered up some of the deficiencies in other areas of this team. Um, and, you know, he's going out there. The Chiefs' defense last year was uh, was terrible for the most part, but Patrick Mahomes is so good that it didn't matter. So you won't necessarily be worrying about how bad the corners are, uh, about the depth at safety issues, if Sam Darnold is out there just absolutely lighting it up. So that's going to play a huge role in this, as as good as I think Darnold will be eventually. I don't know that he's going to be that good that quick. So I would say uh, this year I'm fully in the camp of they'll be competing for a playoff spot, likely miss it, just miss it uh, by a game or two. I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck in. Uh, you know, it depends on how everything else shakes out, obviously. But it's not like I expect them to make any type of playoff run. But next year, especially Douglas hits a couple players in the draft, they go sign a, a free agent or two or three, and then all of a sudden this could be turned into a team that is actually making a push for the Super Bowl. It can happen that quick when you have a quarterback that can be that good on the rookie contract. So, And he's, he's a firm believer in Sam. We've talked about this. So he's, gonna, he's going to have that sense of urgency. Um as for as for the women's soccer, right now it's it, it's them. You got France, Germany, and then I think Australia is also a seat to pick to to really push them there. From from what I've seen and heard, they're really good. The controversy surrounding them, I thought it was ridiculous. Now I didn't see the game because I was I had work that day, and then I, I saw the scores as I was on Twitter. So I was like, all right, no need to go back and and watch this drubbing quite like that. But I will say it's. You mentioned about pulling players out. It's a little difficult to do in soccer. You only get three substitutions, so I don't know how many substitutions they made, but you can only pull out three players there. So, um, 
but the and it like you said, it's the World Cup. These people waited so long. They were, I saw some of the sideline celebration, maybe a little bit much, but whatever, man. You're out there, you haven't played the World Cup, live it up. Uh, you know, that's what you're there for. And then especially getting after the players for celebrating their goals. They just scored a goal in the World Cup. Like if you are gonna do that and then no one's going to tell me not to celebrate. I score a goal in the World Cup. I'll tell you that right now. We're fighting you telling me not to celebrate. That'd be like telling somebody who scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl when the team is winning 42 to nothing that they shouldn't celebrate. I get that it comes off as bad sportsmanship, but this is something you've dreamed of doing your entire life. So cut that person a little bit of slack. Getting back to your point real quickly about Sam Darnold, obviously that is a huge key. If Darnold is going to be anywhere near as good as we think he can be, then that should speed the process up. But like I said, if he hits the way that we think, it'll probably be another year or two before they can make a quote-unquote real run. And I do think that they have a solid chance to at least be in the mix for a playoff berth at the end of the year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Michael Kecka. He says, Joe Douglas versus Quinn and Williams in a pancake eating contest. Who you got? I'm going with Quinn and Williams, and the reason is because we know he loves IHOP, which means that pancakes could very well be his favorite food. And Quinnen's a big boy. I know Joe Douglas is a big guy too. But when you have a guy that's 300 pounds that you have tangible proof loves pancakes, you have to pick him. It's possible that Joe Douglas might be a bigger pancake eater than Quinnen Williams. But I just have too much evidence here. It's kind of like that. Do you want what's behind door number one or door number two? You know, you could have $100,000 or what's in the mystery box. Give me the $100,000. I'm willing to take that risk because when you have a guy that big that you know loves pancakes, the odds are very slim that somebody is going to be able to beat them in a pancake eating contest. Yeah, you know, I, we didn't talk about this on the podcast. It was we were talking off air about uh, the video that Albert Bear tweeted out from when uh, Joe Douglas was with Baltimore and he was the guy taking guys up to get cut on hard knocks and how how small he was, like thin wise he was. <laughs> so for him to, as an adult to grow into the big boy he is, he likes to eat. Uh, so I'm not under underselling Joe Douglas here, but I'm going with Quinn and Williams, and I'm going with Quinn and Williams for a simple reason. He's much younger. And speaking from experience, you can eat a whole lot more food when you're much younger, and especially when you're playing in the NFL and doing NFL practices and all that. His metabolism's a lot faster than Joe Douglas. He can crush a lot more pancakes than Joe Douglas. And me at 22 could crush a whole lot more food than I can right now at 38. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Rich Rosefort. He says, with the Jets reporting structure where head coach and general manager both report to ownership, how is it that there were reports that Bowles wanted to bench Tremaine Johnson down the stretch but was told he couldn't? Is there any truth to that? How do we know there won't be similar issues in the future? So, Chris, I'll let you elaborate on this because you obviously have sources on this, but from what I understand, that is true. Todd Bowles did want to bench Tremaine Johnson, but was told that he couldn't. As far as how we know that this could be avoided in the future, we don't know for sure. The only thing we know is that Joe Douglas does have full control of the 53-man roster. As far as who plays and who doesn't, I would assume he's going to defer to Gase. But who knows? Anything could happen. There could be arguments. Right now, Gase and Douglas are happy to be together. But anything could happen in the future. So to answer your question, there's no guarantee that it can't happen again. I think that it's much more unlikely than it was before simply because Gase and Douglas are on the same page and they're a team, whereas Bulls and McCagnin weren't. But anything can happen over the next year or two that could split that. So we have no guarantees that it won't happen again. Yeah, there's, there's obviously no way you can guarantee something like that won't happen again. It definitely did happen. Um, but the, the reason for it, it's not that like the Cagden was sitting there like, oh, no, he's too good. You have to keep playing him. It was, yo, man, we signed him to this huge contract. He, we, he's not going anywhere. And we definitely won't be able to get rid of him if we just bench him with this contract. So... You can't torpedo the rest of the contract. You kind of have to give, keep giving him shots and keep hoping he can do this and turn it around there. And, you know, Bowles was like, well, what, what can he do about that? So uh, at that point, he was kind of still fighting for his job, trying not to rock the boat too much just in case. Um, but there's no way to know, especially with Adam Gase and his personality. If a player does something that pisses him off or turns him off, like, how will he react? I do agree that the relationship to, with him and Joe Douglas should make that uh, easier thing to handle. But I, I also don't, the only player I can really see that being a problem with this year is Tremaine Johnson. I also don't think that uh, Joe Douglas would have any problem letting Adam Gase go ahead and do that specifically because Joe Douglas didn't sign him to that contract. So uh, if it's going to have to sit there for a little bit and hurt them cap wise, it's still going to go on McCagnin. That's McCagnin's error. So I don't, I don't see that being a huge problem if Gase decides he wants to do it. Again, if something happens this year, then I think it will be allowed to happen. But there's no way to guarantee that in any situation. And uh, there, there's absolutely no way to guarantee that. And that's the downside of signing, especially an older player, to a contract that size, is if it doesn't work out well, you kind of have to keep doing it because you paid them that much money. You can't just pay them to sit on the bench. Um, and then also when they tried, when Bulls was trying to do it, it's not like it, it, that was stopping them from making the playoffs or anything. That's another thing. So uh, it, it, there's a lot of different factors that will go into it. But, yeah, there's no way to guarantee it. I think if Tremaine Johnson isn't playing well and Greg Williams feels he has better options, he will bench Tremaine Johnson and put somebody else in. I don't think he'll get any pushback from Joe Douglas or Adam Gase. Gase because he doesn't really concern himself with the defense and Douglas because I think right now everybody's on the same page. But as far as down the line, a similar situation with a different player, 
that remains to be seen. Next question comes in from Byron. He says, I've been watching some Sam film thanks to Joe Blewett. What are the chances we see a bunch of design plays where Sam is on the run? Is that typical of a gay scheme, or should we expect him to dance around in the pocket most of the time? And by on the run, I mean throwing on the run, bootlegs, etc.? I would say that if Adam Gase is anywhere near the offensive mastermind that he thinks he is, he should have plenty of plays like that where Darnold is designed to roll out and throw kind of the way that you're used to seeing Andrew Luck do it. I think there's a lot of similarities between Andrew Luck and Sam Darnold, and if you want to get the most out of Darnold and play to his strengths, he should absolutely do that. As far as whether or not he will... It's hard to tell because Ryan Tannehill and Sam Darnold are such different quarterbacks, and obviously Peyton Manning was not a guy that was going to be rolling out. So I can't tell you for sure whether he's going to do it or not, but if Gase is really the offensive genius that he says, he should. Yeah, well, first I'm going to start with Gase is not anywhere near the offensive genius that he thinks he is. Come on, Chris, I'm being nice here. I was going for a joke, the joke there, that's it. (laughs) Uh, But he is definitely not anywhere near the genius he thinks he is. But if he's about half of the genius he thinks he is, then then that's good enough. Um, uh, Here's the thing, because... He did that with Tannehill, and I mean, remember games uh, the Dolphins played uh, in in MetLife. Tannehill made a bunch of plays with his legs. Now, mm-hmm. uh, which was last year, and he made a bunch of plays with his legs and won them the game, all with making plays with his legs. He did do that with Tannehill because Tannehill has uh, underrated mobility when he's healthy. He did do a lot of that stuff with uh, with uh, with Tannehill and. He didn't do and not the same with Peyton Manning because obviously, especially when he got him after the next surgery, uh, and even before that, Peyton Manning wasn't mobile. But he did do a little bit of stuff where he would, you know, do some pistol and then roll, not really roll, but move him a little bit. I, I definitely see him doing that. They've been raving about Sam, you know, these last couple of weeks, but they really love him on throwing the ball on the move. They know that uh, strength of his. They know his athletic ability and him moving. He has that ability to buy time, to run around and make special plays. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers-esque in that type of way. Obviously not nearly on their level yet, but he does do it in a similar fashion. So I would expect, absolutely expect to see him do it. And he definitely did uh, do a decent amount of that with Tannehill in Miami. But he can has a lot more options to do it a lot more with Sam Darnold, and I absolutely expect him to take advantage of that. Travis Wingfield from Locked On Dolphins was on the podcast, and he also said that he didn't do it enough with Tannehill, and there were a lot of times where he tried to force him to make complex reads and be quote-unquote smart when everybody knows that Tannehill is kind of football dumb, and the way to utilize him is to have him use his legs and to have him throw deep down the field. Gase didn't necessarily do as much of that as he probably should have. But again, Darnold is a much different talent, so I would assume that Gase would realize that he's capable of doing a lot more than Tannehill and that he's stronger at throwing on the run than Tannehill is because Tannehill's bigger plays with his legs were running around and scrambling more so than getting out of the pocket and making accurate throws on the run the way that Sam Darnold did last year. Sam Darnold makes throws on the run that most quarterbacks can't make standing still, so it's really impressive. This is going back to USC. If you go back and watch Joe Blewett's film review, you'll see it. It's absolutely incredible the throws that he can make on the run, and I would say that it's one of his biggest strengths. 
Yeah, that was my the thing I loved most about him coming out of college is you throw on his tape at USC, and that's when you really fall in love with him. You watch him in the pocket. Now, this is a lot of it's not his fault just because he didn't have the weapons at USC. The system they ran there was a joke. Um, they did not help him out at all there. But where you really saw special talent and special ability was him throwing on the run. It's as good as uh, you, you're going to get, especially uh, him coming out of college doing that. That was as impressive as it gets. Uh, one thing to be fair to Gase on the Tannehill and Miami thing, Tannehill's been getting injured his entire career. So he might have been a little scared and hesitant to do that so much with him in Miami at times. But I, and the, also the other thing is Sam's going to do that on plays when it's not designed, uh, whereas the play breaks down and he does it. So we're going to see plenty of that, and I, the Jets' the offense will be better off for it. Next question comes in from Will Gallego. He says, any word on Jets rookie tight end Trayvon Wesco? If not too much to ask, could the very big deal Chris Nimbley talk about what he's seen from the rookie class so far and if any of them have stood out? So obviously, Chris, this is for you because I haven't been at the practices. What have you seen from the rookies so far? Anybody stand out to you? I mean, not much, really, to be honest. Number one, we'll start with Quinnen. Quinnen hasn't, uh, you know, didn't practice for the beginning. And then even with he was, he was doing some second and third team stuff. And again, they're and not in pads. So there's only so much contact and only so much he does. Uh, the last practice they had yesterday uh, he he did a lot. He did a lot more, and you could see his speed. He had one play where he got off the ball and just he did that, just launched himself in between the center and the guard, just turned his body sideways, and I don't even know how he slipped through that crack because the the offensive linemen weren't even up out of their sets yet, and he had already penetrated. Now Sam realized this and it hit a real quick throw. But that was one play where I was like, yep, that's exactly what they drafted there. But that's about the extent of what we've seen from Quinnen. With Jakai Polite, he, he's been uh, brought in slowly. Uh, Chuma Adoga isn't getting a lot of work with first team. He's got some there, especially uh, with uh, Beecham and out this week and a couple other people there, too. He got some more reps this week. But again, it's it's... Not it's really hard to watch these lines and be super impressed with what you're seeing. Uh, no matter what, there's just not much they can do to impress. And then you know the rest of the guys. It, I haven't I haven't really seen much from Wesco. Uh, you know he, I've seen him out there, but he's hasn't Herndon's been the one that's been. Uh, really impressing from the tight end position, uh, but also important to note how Gase is very intently, uh, purpose, purposefully bringing these rookies along slowly. He's not trying to throw them out there. He's working them in slowly, just like he's doing. You know, Bilal Powell hasn't been thrown in yet just because he's been back. He's working him in slowly. He's taking it easy with Marcus May. Uh, Robbie Anderson got nicked up. It's a very minor injury, but he didn't practice all week. Um, he obviously could, but there's no need to do that. So Adam Gase has really slow played these OTAs, which I think is the right move because, again, these OTAs aren't that big of a deal. Uh, they're going to focus more on the playbook, learning it so they didn't know exactly what they're doing. Come training camp is when you can expect to get actual, like, a little bit more meaningful reports on how these guys are doing. 
That's going to wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. We will be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.